0: So um, this is the kids make their way out um, I want to let you know about something that's on your seat at the moment if you just uh, have one of these on your seat can you just wave it at me it says courageous prayer it says prayer makes a difference on it so we really really believe that and um, we are in a year of courage as I said just at the start of the service if you missed that if you've come in just um, during our worship we're in this year of courage and really I think um, we're wanting to. Uh, As part of helping us all grow in courage, we've got this thing called, uh, it's a bit of an idea, but we're going to have four different activations through the year, okay? Four different activations. What is an activation, I hear you say. I didn't know for a while, but it's really, the word means it's like a challenge or an activity. It's putting something into practice that helps us, I guess, in our everyday lives um, that will help us grow and learn in that thing that we want to grow in, which is is courage. So this is courageous prayer, and this is the one that we're going to be doing this month, um, and I guess up until we do the next one, and we'll let you know in time. Um, so that's the idea. It's about seizing moments in everyday life to grow in courage and to share Jesus. That's like the hope. Um, so there's lots of different examples on your card. So it might be that as, a, as all together that we kind of stick this on your fridge or you put it on your dashboard of your car or it's just a daily reminder or it's in your Bible or something like that. And, I mean, it ranges from, you know, pray out loud for someone. Like, we recognize that actually some some of us have been Christians, like, longer lengths of times than others. And some of us are still on a journey. And actually, that might be, like, a step for you. Pray out loud for someone. Pray for someone for healing. That might feel, like, a bit far away for someone. For others might feel like, oh, I've done that a few times. Yeah, that's a helpful provocation. Like, I I want to grow in that. Um, Pray for someone who's experiencing difficulty. Approach a local shop or business and say, how could I pray to bless your business? And then come back two weeks later and say, hey... What happens? See whether it worked or not. So there's different examples, and there's others that you um, will be able, kind of be able to do as well, other ideas that you may have. Um, and there's, we're also uh, writing a blog that was released every two weeks, and there'll be some other examples on that one when that's sent out. But the idea is taking moments in everyday life to seize the opportunity to be courageous. Like, that's the hope. Um, so I wanted to share a little story just to give you an idea of what this looks like, because I don't want it to just be a concept. So Vincent, are you... Uh, in the room, you. Yeah, come, come come up. Let's give Vincent a little welcome.
1: Um, yeah, so at my work, there's a lady, and she's, like, very pregnant. And you know how, like, very pregnant ladies tend to be, like, really excited about it and tends to be, like, the thing they always talk about, and so that was definitely her. But she was also very, like, anxious about it. Like, she was – the baby was breached, which means, like, the baby was the wrong way around for, like, a natural birth. And so close to pregnancy, that's kind of worrisome. And so she was constantly talking about, like, oh, yeah, we're trying this weird therapy to turn the baby. And she was just very anxious about it. And for the longest time, I was like, you know, I'd really like to pray for her. But she was, like, at a desk across from me at work. So you don't just want to, like, turn your chair and be like, hey, can I pray for you? Like, that would just be – you know, I was like, it would be. I don't want it to be awkward. I don't want it to be, don't want it to be forced. But at the same time, like – you know, I, I would really like to pray for her, and so I was kind of looking for opportunities and praying for opportunities. And then one time, so her last day, we went out for drinks, the whole team. Uh, and as the others went to the bar to to grab some drinks, we stayed behind. And I just asked her, like, "Hey, are you anxious about like this baby that you're having?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm still really anxious." And I'm, I was like, "You know, I'm a Christian, right? Like, just to kind of set the context. A little, I was trying to like get there, but I didn't really know how. So I was like, you know, when I'm anxious about stuff, I just I just pray because you know it's out of our hands. It's there's not nothing you can really do except pray. So um, are you religious? And she was like, yeah, I kind of grew up Catholic. Didn't really do much with it, though. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was like, yeah, I, I just always pray. And she's like, hey, would you, would you like to pray for my baby? And I was like, bingo. So I didn't even, like, ask her. So, like, God's so good. He just, he made that, like, happen right there. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, right now? She's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, in a bar. Yay. Uh, and so we prayed for the baby, and it, it was really, really awesome. And then the rest of the team came back, and she was like, hey, guys, Vincent prayed for me. It was so sweet. I did, you know, like, my parents used to always, like, kind of pray, like, these Catholic prayers, but I forgot what it's like to pray. I don't even know how to pray, but he did, he did it when it was so sweet. So that was, like, a, just a really good, cool moment. Yeah, just happy to share that with you guys, yeah.
0: That's great, isn't it? Um, I just want to share another story with you. So, um, so I was getting my haircut uh, uh, three, four weeks ago. Time doesn't really matter. I don't know why I was trying to get an exact date. I was getting my haircut, and I sat, and it was a new barber, um, and, I, and Alpha was just about to start. So it's like the Sunday, or the, yeah, before Alpha starting. And I thought, oh, I really want to. God, give me the boldness just to invite this guy to Alpha, get into a conversation about about my faith. And I was thinking, you know, in in the barbers, like they ask you lots of questions and sometimes that's annoying. Other times you like seize the moment. So anyway, so we got chatting um, and basically this guy had somebody in his family who uh, is a Christian. So I was like, okay. So he had some familiarity with it. So we talked a little bit um, and I thought this is really going somewhere. I felt like confident. I felt confidence starting to build. I was like, actually, this guy, he might come to the Alpha course. That'd be so cool. Um, and then at the end, uh, I said, so wh- what do you think? There's this thing called Alpha. And you know, I was like trying to like, put it in all the language I thought would he would really like get. And and he went, yeah, no, not for me, actually, mate. Not for me. He said, if it was more just chatting about life, maybe. But Jesus, no thanks. 15 pound 40. <laughs> and, um, and you might be thinking, oh, I don't really want to clap that, really, to be honest. Because uh, what happened there? But let me tell you why it's really important that I told you that story, and we didn't just tell Vincent's story? Because my story is equally as important. And I say that not because it's my story, because I know a lot of you are probably sitting there thinking, that's my story too, that I've had a go at this a few times, and it doesn't always go that well. Or sometimes we get rejected, sometimes we get knocked back, sometimes people say no. And here's the point. If we can redefine what success looks like, so if success looks like being obedient, having a go, and trusting God in a moment, then that means we'll be able to celebrate all sorts of stuff. It means that when we get a no or somebody rejects us, it won't feel quite as powerful because we'll be like, hey, that's not in my court. You know, I'm doing my bit. The rest is with you, God. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to trust you, God, with the results. So I want us to, this year, redefine what success looks like when it comes to courage. So it means that we all are able to share when we get our wins, our wins, yeah, if you like, but also the times where we go, actually, the person wasn't interested, but I trusted God in that moment, and I, I went for it, and I was obedient. Uh, it's important that we do both. All right. So I want, hopefully, as you read these cards, not to think, oh, this is terrifying, like I've had a go at this before, and da-da-da, but actually to think, here's a new way of thinking about it, that as I have a go, we're, doing, we're in this together, we're all in this together, and we get to rob the power of rejection by celebrating it all celebrating every time we have a go, we're obedient. So that's my hope this year that we'll do that. Awesome. Take it away with you um, and stick it wherever you like, and we're going to share lots of stories. Uh, we're also going to preach into this as well. There's going to be a different series, but there's multiple different things that are going to come with it that hopefully help us all grow in this stuff. Thanks.
2: This week we've got the Well coming up, which is our prayer and worship conference. There it is. Um, this will be 7.30, p- 730 p.m. at St. Mark's. Um, this is a really great opportunity to meet together as all of Mosaic, all of the gatherings, which we don't get to do that often. Um, we'll be spending a lot more time in prayer and worship, which we don't normally get to do on a Sunday. So this is a really good opportunity to, to do that together, to listen to God's voice, to, to sow into our city and to catch God's heart for, for his people in this city. So if you want to kind of catch that fire then come along.
0: Thanks Liv. Um, so um, just before I jump into what we're going to kind of do next, as I mentioned at the start, I just want to take a moment. Um, so the Webbers who uh, lots of you will uh, know really well. Uh, so Ben and Becca um, have been around like a number of years as here as long as I've been here. Um, and these guys are very special to us. Um, so they've led mission groups, they have been really helpful just in helping kind of foster community in our gathering over many years, Uh, and these guys are going to be moving on, Um, so I wanted just to take a moment, I guess, to publicly just say thanks so much to them, and I know lots of you will have heavy hearts over this, I I also know lots of you will be like, we're still going to see them, because it would be hard not to, you know, they've built such great community, such deep friendships here, that we know that that will, that's a no-brainer, we know that's going to continue. Um, but I wanted to just take a moment to say thank you just in front of all of you guys for every little thing you've invested into our community. Um, it is massively appreciated. Uh, I'm going to, to look over here now for this moment. Uh, it is so appreciated, and um, we love you very much, and we want to be able to take a moment just at the end of the service um, to pray for you guys, just to honor you for all that you've sowed into our community over the years. So we're going to do that at the very end of our service. Um, so, if you're in one of the groups that goes outside over there for that breakout session, then just remember just to pop back in here at the end and they're going to be stood over here to my right, um, and you can get to pray for them in all that they're doing next. All right. Okay. So, um, is a, why don't everyone stand up for a moment and stretch? I feel like you've been sat down for a long time. Just have a good stretch. If you want, do a spin around. Do a little three sixty. Star jumps, any star jumps? No? All right, okay, sit yourself back down. Um, That was like the longest news I think we've ever done. So um, we're in this, this is a training Sunday in our year of courage and I wanted just to outline a couple of things before I invite the guys who are going to be actually speaking um, to share. Um, And that is that as part of our year of courage, we are hoping that a few things will happen through the year. And the first is that we'll grow a culture here where courage is celebrated. Like that's the hope. That's part of that courageous prayer what I was talking to you about before. The second thing is that we will hope that as a result of it that m- lots of us will be having more spiritual conversations because of stepping out in those moments. Um, with non-Christians that we'll end up with you know having more moments where we f- feel like we're able to share our faith and we feel like fear doesn't hold us back. That's the hope. The third thing is we want everyone just to be growing in boldness, just generally, that hopefully we'll be bolder people. You know, when you read your New Testament and you read how the apostles lived in those early days, those early disciples, like, we want to catch some more of that so fear doesn't hold us back. And lastly, I guess that people, more people, as a result of all of what I've just said, will be joining our family, coming to know Jesus, uh, coming to a place of faith as a result of all those things. So that's the hope. But I'm also aware that we need... Like, that's not where we all necessarily feel like we are now. So um, what we want to do is to have a couple of different seminars, I guess, um, breakout sessions that will help lead us in that direction. And a few weeks ago, uh, Matt shared this little picture. So if you just put the next slide up. So this is the picture of an arena, well, a football pitch. Yeah, it's definitely a football pitch. I mean, it could be an arena, but it's a football pitch. Look, because you've got the lines on the pitch. So, um, so... There is our football stadium, and this is the idea. We recognize that um, we are all in different places. So what you've got here is an outer car park, okay? That is the first place that you might find yourself. So if you're in the car park, what it probably means is that you feel like ultimately you just maybe don't have many uh, non-Christian friends, or maybe you're new to the city and you've kind of just joined here and you found some friends in church but apart from that you're like oh I don't have as many connections or it might be you work for a Christian charity and therefore a lot of the people you work with are Christians you're like actually I don't have many people I can share this hope that I have with and that might be where you find yourself. You might find yourself at the turnstiles. So the turnstiles are those little squiggly lines which would you believe Um, but those are turnstiles and if you're at the turnstiles what it means is that you have some Uh, Non-Christian friends, you have people in your life who don't know Jesus, um, but you feel like you never really get to talk about your faith. You feel like for one reason or another, it's kind of this kind of hidden area of your life that's, even though you might not be trying to hide it, it's like it just never comes up. And then in your other moments, you might think, but that's weird because it's kind of the most important part of my life so how come it never comes up? And that might be just where you find yourself. And you might, there might be all sorts of reasons for that, um, which I won't go into now. But that might be where you find yourself at the turnstiles. Or it might be that you are in the stands or on the seats, if you like, on those um, lines around the pitch. And if you're there, then it probably means that you are, you have some non-Christian friends in your life. Um, you are every now and again having some conversations. You feel like every every now and again, I do have just that boldness to do what Vincent did or to pray for an opportunity to share something with Jesus or to offer prayer every now and again. But it's not commonplace. I'm less frequently in that place than I am the one where I'm a bit more silenced, um, if you're honest with yourself. Or you might be on the pitch. And if you're on the pitch, those X's on the pitch, that just, I guess... Um, shows a level of frequency that actually more regularly than less regularly, I'm open to sharing my faith, and more regularly than less regularly, I'm offering to pray for people, or I'm. It's a normal part of my life to, just to talk about my own story, about what God's done in my life, or about what you know when you watch the news, or something comes up that just links with faith. I feel like I can go there and say, actually, like let, let me share something of the hope that I have because of this, and more regularly than less regularly, like yeah, I'm doing that. That is where I'm living. So the hope is through the year that we, I guess, if you feel like actually I'm in the car park, that you move like from the car park potentially towards the pitch. And the first step towards the pitch isn't like teleporting there. You know, I'd be quite hard from like I have no non-Christian friends, I have no spiritual conversations, yet somehow I'm going to like find myself just automatically on the pitch. No, that journey is to end up at the turnstiles, is to actually go what's my next step. Actually, I want to actually have some connections, I have some non-Christian friends in my life, people who then I could share something with. Or if you are at the turnstiles, you want to get yourself to the stands. Hopefully you're like, actually I want to w- move one step closer. And if you're on the stands, then you want to get to the pitch. Does that kind of make sense? It's a direction of travel towards the pitch. We, we hope everybody, I guess, is making through the year in one way or another. I think it's also important to say though, because at this point you might be thinking, um, "Oh, but I know that my expectation is that we all just should be on the pitch. We should be on the pitch now, really. Like, if we're not on the pitch, like, like what are, what are we doing?" And that's not my expectation. That is not what I think. And here's why: um, I think that even when I think of heroes of faith, even when I think of the apostles, even when I think of people in the Bible, I think actually there's moments where they're not on the pitch. They're not sharing, actually, of who Jesus is. I think about, um, I think about I mean, go Old Testament. I think about Gideon. He's hiding in a wine press. He's hiding from the Midianites. He couldn't be any less on the pitch. Like, he's, like, not even in the car park. He's driving the other way out of town at that moment. Or I think about um, Peter. I think about the moment where he said he was told to share his faith with the Gentiles, and he's, you know, in the cafeteria, and he goes, no, I'm not going to eat with you guys anymore because you need to do this whole Jewish thing, and you're Gentiles, and I'm Jewish, and if you don't do what these rituals, then I'm not going to eat with you. I'm taking my pack lunch. I'm going and eating it on my own. I think... Wow, you're not, you're not on the pitch there, Peter. Like, you're not sharing your faith with people who are different from you. You're retreating to people who are the same as you. And that wasn't the message that Jesus brought, and that wasn't what you came to put your hope in and believe. Like, you're not on the pitch. And then the Jerusalem church, they're told to go out to the ends of the earth, and then, you know, many years later, they're still in Jerusalem. They haven't moved. It's like, go out to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And they're like, no, we're happy here it's warm. So as I read those stories, it fills me with a bit of hope. Cause I'm like, actually, we're all just on a journey, and we're all in different places. But the idea is that we are honest with ourselves about where we are now, because if you're not honest about where you are now, you can't work out what it looks like to take the next step. So we're honest about where we are now, and then we take a step, whatever that looks like for us. So just before I introduce the guys who are going to be uh, doing this seminar for us, let me just give you um, four quick things about why we're making a time for this on a Sunday. And I think this is important. Uh, Matthew 28 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I believe that when Jesus called us to do that, that is what life on the pitch looks like. It's seeing disciples made, and it's seeing people get baptised. It's seeing people come into the freedom of knowing who God is. Secondly, we recognise that training is needed because we're all in different places. So it's no good us saying, this, you know, go and do it, but then we don't go, here's what it can look like. So training is important. It's important that we hear from people who are a bit further along than us on this stuff. Also, we recognise that... Um, some people actually are called to equip the church so Ephesians 4 talks about different gifts and some people have the gift of the evangelist and that means just to share what it looks like to share your faith people who are particularly good at it and not just good at it but like God has given them that gift that anointing to do it and therefore we want to learn from those people we also know that there's barriers that need to be moved there's barriers in all of our way um and in order to move those barriers, this training, hopefully, will be one part of that. But then so will preaching. So will our own personal walk with God. So will as we share stories about it going well and, and not sometimes going as well, but we celebrate it all. And we'll get it modeled to us by others. So other people who are particularly good at this, hopefully, you'll kind of go, I want to learn something from that person about why they're able to do this. So that's why we're creating a little bit of space to do this on a Sunday. Um, let me introduce to you two people who uh, I feel like they have grown in their ability to kind of teach on this and I guess live this in an authentic way, which is why I wanted to hear from them. So, Jeff and Cam, will you come and join me real quick just at the front now? Just give them a little welcome. would you just share something of I guess your story so these guys are from the states and w- I guess rather than me kind of missing out all sorts of bits just give us like the brief like why you're here and some of your story what you're all about
2: okay. uh, well we're Jeff and cam as uh, our son Parker over here we've got another son in uni in America and um, we uh, actually met in a ministry to college students uh, just a couple years ago, and uh, that's where I gave my life to Christ, uh, where Cam really got serious about her relationship with Christ, and God sort of started us on a journey at that point, and um, led us into full-time ministry, pastored in America, and then uh, led us to the mission field, and so we were in Brazil for 12 years, um, helping start new churches, train uh, churches and believers and how to share their faith, uh, and Uh, going out and sharing our faith with Brazilians and then God led us back to the States for a time and uh, actually training and equipping missionaries uh, who are going out all over the world um, and how to share their faith how to start churches discipleship disciple people train leaders and then uh, in God's perfect timing he brought us here and uh, so to help the church the sort of the larger church uh, in those sorts of things and brought us into the Mosaic family. So we're mostly plugged into Mosaic South. Um, but uh, it's just a tremendous privilege to be part of this church and this family and uh, just to see how we can partner with you guys and help you guys. So.
0: That's so good. We're really glad these guys are here. And um, I guess, as they said, they're plugged into South, but do get to know them as they kind of stick around because they're here often with their son on an evening. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to have, Cam is going to be out into the bar area, um, kind of where Alpha happens, if you know where that is, Um, so she'll probably be happy to lead people there, and Cam is going to be doing something on helping you move, I guess, from where you feel like, I'm in the car park, and I want to move towards the turnstiles, that's the direction of travel, that's where I feel like I am, so it's about helping with uh, new, helping you get new connections, new contacts, I guess, um, new friendships, really, and ways into those friendships, um, so it's that kind of beginning stage. If you feel like actually that's where I am, Cam's going to share some wisdom just on what she's learned uh, in being in that place in the past and what it looks like to take a step forwards. And then uh, Jeff's going to be in here, and you're going to be doing something kind of sharing your story, aren't you? So sharing your testimony of what God's done in your life and doing it in a way that I guess doesn't um, doing it in a way that doesn't take really long. So how can you actually like shrink it down to the point where you're? keep people's attention and you share the most important parts that i guess leads you on to then be able to have a further conversation so if you think "Oh, i've never actually heard anything like that and i know my story but i don't know how i would tell it to somebody else then that would be a really good place for you to start also steve steve do you want to stand up steve in the room Steve Williams. Steve uh, is going to be doing in the upstairs room. So there's some comfortable leather sofas, uh, and we're going to have an alpha video in there. And Steve leads Alpha, so he'll talk you through some of what they're going to do up there. But if you'd like to go and watch that alpha video, if you feel like actually those things, if, if you're just a guest here this Sunday, or you feel like actually I'm still on a journey towards what I really think about Jesus in the first place, then that is probably the best place if you want to go with Steve and watch that video. Um, it'll be. The most comfortable room as well, actually, because there's sofas up there, so you're welcome. Um, Oh, a sofa's in that room as well, okay. It's not a competition, Cam, but. um, So, that's what we're going to do. So, why don't you uh, rise out of your seats um, and head off with these guys. So, either in here, if you want to stay in here and do sharing your story, or head off with Cam um, to the bar area. Thanks, guys.
2: Okay, if you're in the back, if I could get you to just move forward, here's looking at you, blue mosaic t-shirts in the back, yeah, so, if you could just move on forward, and that way we'll just kind of be a little more cozy, since I know we all love to be cozy, and if we can make sure everybody has a piece of paper and a pen, that would be great, so we've got those coming around, so you'll need one of these pieces of paper and a pen. Okay, so if you don't have a piece of paper, maybe you can look on with a friend, or take a maybe you can take a picture of your friend's paper, and that way you can have it for later, um, so, I didn't think we were going to need this many, so this is great. Good problem to have. All right. Does everybody in here, did you bring your hands with you today? Can I see everybody's hand? Okay, not that one, the other one. It doesn't matter which hand. Okay, really. Okay, so if everybody has a hand, all right, that's really going to help us out here. So um, do you usually take your hands with you wherever you go? Okay, does anybody forget and leave them at home? Okay, is that a problem? So what I'd like to do at first is, I don't know about you. you know, I know that Brits are really—I know not everybody in this room is British, but I know that most Brits are really super comfortable at, like, making conversation with people. And you're really, really good at just taking that conversation wherever you want to go and just being super friendly with people and, you know, talking about everything. And your best friend's, like, five minutes with the person on the bus. and Yes? No? Okay. So I know that sometimes this is a struggle. It's like, okay— I want to tell my story, but how do I start, and is that like really weird and awkward, and how do we like talk about anything but the weather with somebody I don't know really well, and where do I even go with that? So what I want to do is I just want to use your hand, pick a hand, it doesn't matter, okay? Um, use your hand to kind of give you something to help you kind of move a conversation toward having a spiritual conversation with somebody. Okay. And so if you want, you can kind of flip over. If you have a piece of paper, you can flip over your paper on the back and just trace your hand. Just take your pen and trace your fingers, trace the outline of your hand on the back of your paper. Okay. If you don't have something to like press down on, just use the head of the person in front of you. It's fine. They won't mind. Okay. We all love Jesus here. All right. So just trace your hands. Okay, and we're going to talk about five Fs because, you know, your fingers, okay, we're just going to ignore the fact that thumb starts with a T, okay, pretend it's a finger. So five Fs to kind of help you transition a conversation to a spiritual conversation, okay? So the first one is family. So you can just label your, your pinky finger, whatever finger's on one side or the other, family, Okay. And so instead of just talking about the weather, if you're if you're at a, on the bus or if you're in an Uber or just talking to somebody at the cafe or whatever, and if you want to just kind of say, hey, let's take this conversation deeper, or, you know, the barber or whoever it is, you know, just ask them questions about their family. This isn't a big threatening thing, okay? You know, everybody likes talking about their family. Hey, are you, you know, are you from Leeds? You know, how did you get here? You know, are you married? Do you have kids? You know? Is your family back in your home country if they're not, you know, British or whatever? And just, just talk about their family and just get to know them more. Because what you're trying to do is we're not just trying to ram the gospel, like vomit the gospel onto people, okay? That's not—we want to build a relationship with people. We want them to know, not not to be manipulative, but we care about them, that Jesus cares about them. So we're going to tell them that Jesus cares about them. We want to show that we care about them as well. So just, you know, ask them questions about their family. Share a little bit about yours. It, you know, it's okay to do that, all right? And then you can, your second finger that you can talk about, you know, is friends. Okay, well, so, you know, if you, you made friends here, you know, if you're feeling comfortable in Leeds or in university or in your job or wherever, just talk a little bit about their friends, kind of where they're at with that, you know. Are they feeling lonely or, or whatever? So family and friends, those are two kind of fairly, you know, neutral things you know, and the third thing that you can talk about that also starts with F is food, okay? This is really easy if the person's not British, okay. So tell me a little bit about you know the food where you're from or where you like to go eat or what your favorite pub is or whatever. So I was in an Uber a couple weeks ago and um, the driver was from Morocco and we had we, I was doing this exact same thing. I talked all about his family and where he's from in Morocco and his his wife, and his kids, and his mom, and his dad, and his friends, and his relationships, and we're doing all that, and then, then I asked him about food, I tell you, I know more about Moroccan food now, by like a thousand times over, than I did a couple weeks ago, because he just lit up, and he wanted to talk all, so I know where all the Moroccan restaurants are in Leeds now, I know all about that, I can tell you all about it, and so, but it was really a point of connection, where we could kind of take the conversation deeper, and just talk more, okay, and so, family, friends, food, okay, and now you're going to kind of start transitioning things to more spiritual conversations, okay, so just, you can talk about faith, so that would be the fourth, three, four, okay, faith, okay, fourth F, people are not as afraid to talk about their faith as you think they are, okay, some people are, okay, so some people are like, nope, don't want to talk about that, go away. But most of the times people aren't nearly as afraid to talk about that as you think. Okay? And so um I was actually ironically in another Uber uh, a few weeks ago and I was talking with a guy, he was from Pakistan, Muslim guy. We started talking about his faith, what did he believe, what did I believe, and all this. And it just blew him away. He was like, wait, wait. And I mean weird, it was just very surface level. Hey, you know, what's your background? Are you you Muslim? Whatever you you know this. And he's like, you're talking about God like you can have a relationship with him. And I, I mean, I hadn't even gotten there yet, you know. I was like, okay, open door. Um, so he's like, so you're saying you can actually have a relationship with God? So tell me more about that. I'm like, all right, I, I didn't even have to do much to get there, okay? He brought it up. It's like open door. I got to walk through that one, all right? So talking to people about their faith, asking honest questions about what do you believe? Okay, and then the fifth F, which is you know your thumb, which starts with T, I know, but we're going to pretend it's F, is future. Okay, and so this is how you kind of start transitioning that sort of general vague faith conversation to a, a deeper faith conversation. So, so what do you you know talking about the future? What do you think happens to people when they die? Or you know, tell me about where you see yourself being in five years. You know, are, are, are you you feel like you're on a path to get there? You know, do you feel that God has a purpose for your life? And are you on that path yet? I mean, questions that kind of lead them to think about where their future is, or the future of people in general is, and kind of where God may be taking them, okay? And so as you talk about faith and future, you're really creating an opportunity where it's sort of a spiritually ripe environment, hopefully. Now, you... Frequently, you may get a situation where are like, okay, I don't want to talk about that conversation over. And like Rich said, that's a win. If we've stepped out in courage, if we've been faithful, okay, that's a win. So what we want to do is we want to celebrate wins. What you don't want to do at that point is, like, really take them off. we are like, well, you're going to face the judgment of God someday, so you better come to faith in Christ or you're going to burn. That's really not where we want to go, Okay. So what you want to do is you want to lead the door open for the next person. Maybe that next person comes on five years from now. Okay, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people about Jesus, and they're like, yeah, you know, I had a friend back in school, and they talked to me about Jesus and all that, and I've always kind of thought, you know, they were, you know, they were a really good person, so tell me more about that. Okay? also had a lot of conversations with people, and they were like, oh, yeah, I met this Christian. He was a total jerk. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Okay? That's not who we want to be. We want to leave the door open for the next opportunity, the next person, whether that's with you or with somebody else, and we just want to move them closer to Jesus. Now, if that person is open in talking more, okay, so where do we go from there, okay? And this is a great opportunity to tell your story. Now, if some of you are like me, you're like, well, my story is boring, Okay. Nobody cares about my story, right? So I remember when I first became a Christian. I remember sitting there in church one Sunday night, and this girl got up and she gave her testimony about how it came to she came to Christ. And it was like she was a drug addict, and she was running an international crime ring, and, you know, her life was horrible, and she was, like, drinking bleach, and she was going to throw herself off a bridge, and angels caught her on the way down, and, like, her I mean, it was just, a, just so over the top, like, nobody really has a story. But, but I remember just sitting there just being full of, like, guilt that my story with Christ wasn't, like, cool and hip, and, like, super dramatic, and there weren't, like, angels, and halos, and fireworks, and I'm like, nobody cares about my story. Everybody's going to care about her story. Well, first of all, it's not a competition, and it's probably good that I didn't have all those problems in my life, okay? I need to be grateful for that, but the point is most people's story isn't like her story. And so if you've got some sort of wild, crazy story, that's great, but most people aren't going to be able to relate to that. Because most people's lives are pretty boring. So if your life is pretty boring, they're going to relate to that really well. Now, if your life has been a little more exotic, fine. There's going to be people who need to hear that too. But we're not trying to compare stories and say, well, your story is better than my story. I'm just a loser. Okay? God made you with your story. And so your story and sharing your experience is really important for people in their journey to come to Christ. Does that make sense? Okay, so you know, my story is not super exciting. It's pretty kind of boring, bland, vanilla, typical story, but it's my story, and your story is your story. So what are some of the advantages of telling your story to people? Well, first of all, it gives them first hand information. It's not like, well, the Bible, which is a book you know nothing about, written 2,000 years ago, you know, says this, and they're like, okay, all right, But when you can say, in my life, this happened to me, and this is my experience, it's firsthand information, they can't refute that because, I mean, it's your story, okay? And it's drawing their attention in because it's like, hey, this really happened to me, and, yeah, I'm somebody you know, whether you've known me for two years or two minutes or whatever, but it's somebody you know, and it holds their interest, it holds their attention better. And it really, by telling your story, it helps them to kind of see their own life and what's going on in the pattern of how God may be working in their life. And it helps them understand, hopefully, if we're telling our story well, it's helping them to understand that Christ is the one who makes a difference in our lives. That, you know, if our life was like this before we met Christ, and this is kind of the process that God took us through, which most of us, it was a process, you know, and now this is what God's doing in our life. Okay, what was the difference between now and then? It's, it's what Jesus did is doing in my life. It's how Jesus is changing me, you know. And it helps them to see that Christ is still working in people's lives today. It's not just, you know, something in some old church or something that happened in the Middle East a long time ago, but that Christ is alive and working in people's lives today. It's a bridge for them to kind of take all that abstract stuff and bring it into their lives, okay? And it helps them to know that they can receive Christ just like you have, cuz normal people do stuff like that. So what are some of the things we want to think about just really practically as you tell your story? Keeping in mind your story and the person's story next to you may be different, all right? But when you share your story with somebody, you don't want to take like three hours. Okay, that's going to be as fascinating as you are. That's going to be boring. Sorry, okay? There may be a context in which you get three hours to talk about your story with somebody. Most of the time, you want to keep it like really short, like two minutes short. Okay? Because you're gonna start losing people after that. Okay, if you're getting your hair cut, you might have a couple minutes. Okay? So what I'd encourage you to do is let's think about how to tell your story briefly. Like without all the rabbit trails, without all the details about your dog when you were three and all that other stuff that's really important to you might not be super important to the, somebody else. Okay? Um, and really the purpose is to help somebody else understand how you found Christ and the difference that Christ has made in your life. So you're not preaching a sermon. You don't have to have three points that all start with the letter F or five points that all start with the letter F, because that would be really silly. Who would do that? Um, you don't have to, like, share the whole gospel or the plan of salvation during your story. You don't have to give an invitation. Okay, you're, you're sharing your story and what God did in your life. And, and you want to be really careful to not use, like, a whole bunch of really churchy, religious words, you know, or, you know, and then God sanctified me and justified me from, uh, you don't want to use, like, big church words, okay? Just talk in normal terms, like a normal person would talk to somebody else. Um, and so what I'd encourage you to do is to tell your story in, like, a maximum of 250 words, like two minutes. So 250 words, that's, like, one typed page, double spaced, okay? So, and then you want to wrap up your story and kind of conclude it with the transition into being able to share more, or leave them an opportunity for you to invite them to church, or just hopefully share more in detail about the gospel itself. So, you want to kind of wrap up by saying something like, you know, now I have peace in my heart. I have assurance of eternal life. Can I share with you from the Bible how you can do that, and you can do that, or if you have a friend who." you know, can help you with that or Rich or somebody who can help you know how to do that if you haven't had training in that or not confident in that. So um, so your personal testimony. So most of you have the sheet, if you flip it over from the side that you've done your lovely artwork on, you kind of see four main points there. So some of you have that, most of you have that, hopefully. So what should you kind of include in your story? your personal testimony when you do that. Well, first of all, you want to share what your life was like before you became a follower of Christ. You don't want to, like, hype this up and make it sound like you were a gang member or something if you weren't, okay? I mean, if you were, you know, okay, tell that. But if you weren't, you yeah, I mean, tell the truth, you know? But you want to kind of highlight some things that that were in your life or that were going on that have changed since you became a Christian. Okay, so if, if you, like, had a lot of anxiety or depression or or you know whatever in your life before, and that God's helped you with that that might be something you might want to highlight sort of on the front end, okay, before I became a Christian, you know, I just didn't have peace in my life i was didn't have peace in my relationships with other people, I was fighting with my parents or my friends all the time, or whatever it may be, okay, and sort of highlight okay in just two or three sentences, kind of what was going on in your life before you came to Christ, okay? And then the next section you kind of want to think about is how you recognize your need to become a follower of Jesus Christ. So kind of what happened in your life to move you from where you were in the direction of, hey, I need to think about this, or I'm learning more about becoming a Christian, or, you know, what's God doing in my life, or what was God doing? And then you want to kind of talk about in the third section— how and why, where you were maybe, how you became a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, was that in church? Was that in, you know, a Bible study? Was that in your room alone after you'd heard the gospel, you know, presented by a friend or whatever? But just by telling that, you kind of help people know, okay, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, at a Billy Graham crusade or, or, you know, in church or whatever that, you know, you can accept Christ in in a variety of different ways or places or that sort of thing. Uh, So, for instance, where I actually accepted Christ was alone in my car in a car park. (laughs) Um, But I'd heard the gospel for a couple years before that, and so I knew everything. But that was a moment where, really, I I nailed down my relationship with Christ. Um, And that, just telling that to people has helped a lot of people say, oh, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, like in a big evangelistic service, you know, or or whatever. It, It can be kind of in the quiet of your own heart with God. And then finally, you kind of want to wrap it up and say, all right, what are some specific ways in which Christ has changed my life since I gave my life to Christ? And this is the opportunity you have to kind of contrast what's going on in your life now with the way things were before you accepted Christ. Now, obviously, once again, don't like hype it up and come up with something crazy that's not true, you know. um, You want to highlight positives, but you want to be realistic and, and truthful here as well. So, and then all of this, you're kind of wanting to give an opportunity to transition either at that moment or at a later point to a, a more complete presentation of the gospel, as it were, from, from the Word so that somebody can come to Christ at their interest. All right? So any questions, thoughts, comments on that? Yeah. Yeah. And so so I don't know if you guys could, yeah, heard the question, but this is, this is really important. And thanks for bringing that up. So not everybody necessarily has that defined moment where they say, all right, this is the moment when I became a believer, okay? So for a lot of people, that's more of a process, um, you know, where God was working in their lives over the time, and they, you know, and so if it's more of a process, just say, hey, for me, it was more of a process. You know, some people, maybe it was a defined moment where they heard the gospel and, and came to believe at that point. You know, for me, it took two years or three years or whatever, and I just heard the gospel over time and so on. So, you know, along those lines, people who know these things, who research these things, say that for the average person, it takes hearing the gospel between, sometime between seven and eleven times before they come to faith. Okay, so to let that encourage you, it may be that you're like numbers one through six or seven with a lot of the people you talk to. That doesn't mean that you've failed that means that you're part of their process, okay? So, if that's your story, just say, hey, you know, it kind of took, I'm kind of thick sometimes, and it took me a long time, or whatever, and that's okay, okay? Um, And so, if it wasn't a defined moment, that's fine, as long as you're assured of your relationship with Christ, and that you can share that with them. So, yeah, what about people who maybe never really had a point of realizing for sure, hey, this is when I became a Christian because they grew up in a Christian home or or something. Okay. So certainly you've got people like that as well. Um, What I just encourage all of us to remember is we can't inherit faith. And so, you know, even if there's not necessarily a single point where you realize, okay, when I was four, eight or whatever, I came to faith, um, you know, you can't inherit faith. So we all have to have our own faith, And so, you know, even telling your story, hey, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, my parents believed, and they taught me the truth of Scripture, and, you know, and I believed in Christ, and I, you know, and that has been part of me always, but, you know, I know that may not be your story, so can I share with you how, if that's not your story, how you can have the same faith that I grew up with? Does that help? Yeah, and so basically, how do we be honest uh, about sort of our, our continuing ongoing struggles of, of go, growing in Christ uh, while being positive as well. So, you know, obviously, accepting Christ is a good thing. <laughs> and and it's the good news. So the gospel is the good news. Literally, that's what the word means. Um, and so we want to present it as such that it is good news, that what Christ has done in our life is that, you know, as we accept Christ, um, that, that we are... Our position is that we are with Christ, and that we are with Christ in heaven, and that's very good news. And that that also changes our experience and our life here on earth, not just in heaven after we die. And so we want to we want to present, hey, this is God has me on a progression, and I'm growing. And, you know, I'm not perfect, so we don't want to present ourselves as some sort of, you know, oh, look at my halo now, I'm super, you know, godly and spiritual you your dirt. You know, that's not what we want to be, you know. But we want to say, hey, you know, this has made a difference in my life. And, and here's some of the positives. And it, it's not that I've arrived. I'm never going to arrive until I get to heaven, okay. But, you know, God is showing me things in my life and helping me grow in those things. And he's polishing me and, and making me, you know— so that I'm not struggling with some of the things I am I was before, and he's always showing me new stuff that maybe I need to work on because I'm growing in him, you know. But look at where I was, you know, and I've grown in some of those things. And so, I mean, I remember not long after I became a believer in uni, I mean, I had a friend come to me and say, what happened to you? And I mean, I wasn't like super spiritual, sanctified, walking around with a halo by any stretch, but... He saw a difference in my life that I didn't even know he'd seen. He's like, what happened to you? You are different. And I was like, well, let me tell you what happened to you, me. And it's not that I'm perfect. I mean, I had all kinds of junk in my life still. But he had seen a change, you know, from before. Yeah, well, I mean, we can always appeal to Christ. So, I mean, you know, if we have nothing else to say, <laughs> let's just always go back to Scripture, go back to Christ and say, okay, you know, what, what Scripture says, you know, before, you know, before we can a person comes to Christ that, you know, there really, there is no hope. And But when we are in Christ, whether that was, you know, a dramatic moment or whether that was a process or whether that's sort of a just a growing realization over time or whatever, that, okay, yes, this really is who, who I believe in and who I, but that now, I mean, I've moved from whether I realized it or not, not having any hope and being a slave to sin and to, you know, all that other stuff to now the fact that, I am in Christ, and I am a new creation, and I do have certainty of my eternal life with God, and He is with me, and He is changing me, um, and I'm not perfect, but Christ has changed me and is changing me. You know. so we can all point to that. Yeah. So does that help? Okay. Any other comments, questions on that? Yeah. So hopefully, there's there's for all of us there's something that we can point out, point to in our lives that, that Christ has changed in our lives. Even if we grew up in the church or so on, Hope I mean, we we're all growing, you know, the big churchy word, which you're not going to use in your testimony, sanctification, you know, we're all growing in who we are in Christ and who he's making us to be, okay? So, silly, stupid example from, from my life, um, before I became a Christian, I mean, I had a terrible foul mouth. I, I just, it was bad, okay? And, um, so I realized that it was bad because I was, like, cussing in front of my boss, And so I was like, hey, I need to stop cussing. And so I actually um, got a piece of elastic and put it on my wrist. And every time I—I wasn't a believer. I didn't know what I was doing. Okay, so every time I I said a bad word, I'd, like, pop the elastic band on my wrist to, like, hurt myself a little bit, to just sort of break the habit. It didn't work at all. Okay, so I was walking around for weeks, like, you know, smacking myself on the wrist. It didn't work. Okay, because I was trying to change something I couldn't change. Okay, when I came to Christ, that he took away. He just— it was gone almost immediately, okay? There were a whole lot of other things. He didn't just, boom, take away out of my life that I'm still trying to grow in, grow out of, okay? That, you know, there's still roots in my life that need to be pulled out, okay? But, you know, that's something that I can just point out, okay, for me, that was a, a dramatic change. But that doesn't mean that, oh, look at me, you know, I'm perfect now. It's just, okay, but that was that's something I can point to but there's other things that that I can point to over time that he's working in, in my life. So, Other comments, questions? All right, so if you have a piece of paper, here's what I'd like you to do. So I'd like you, and if you don't have one, please take a picture of somebody's that does, and so you can do this as, as homework. What I'd like you to do is let's try to write out two or three sentences, at least for the first one or two, and then you can take, this home, you have homework. Yay, you didn't know you were going to get homework today. All right, so what I'd like you to do when you get home, when you have time, is to just write all this out. And why is it important to write it out? Why does it help to write out your testimony? Because it helps you to clarify your thoughts. It helps you to kind of package it in a, in a way, because what's going to happen is some of you are going to be like, you know, front page, back page, grab three more pieces of paper, and this is my story, and it's all super important, and it is. But you need to figure out how to get it into a couple of sentences in each category or else you're just going to lose people, okay? Because you're just not going to have time in most situations to share that much of your story, okay? Unless you've got, like, two hours to sit down with your friend, which if you do, great. Do that, all right? So just let's just take a few minutes. Let's just, for now, for time purposes, let's just do the first one, right? Just two or three sentences in that first blank about what your life was like before you came to know Christ. Maybe something that you can jump back to on the fourth point, and make a contrast with where you're at now, okay? And so what we're going to do, just fair warning here, you're going to write this, and then I'm going to have you turn and share it with the person next to you. So don't write anything you don't want them to know, okay? So because the whole point of this is that we can kind of get this down so that we can then start practicing doing this with other people. All right, so I'm going to give you a couple minutes just to write what your life was like before you came to Christ, or if, you know, if you don't have that dramatic point, okay, draw something, draw from Scripture, draw just positionally where you know you were from Scripture before where you are now, okay? Does that make sense? Go. Okay, so, how about grab the person next to you? Not literally grab, but, you know, get with the person next to you, and just share briefly in two or three sentences, kind of, and remember, in in this point, that's something I don't think I mentioned, because I have seen people do this. Uh, I've seen people like really hype up how awesome their life was before they came to Christ. That's really not where we're going. I remember being with one guy. He's like, oh yeah, I drank all the time. It was awesome, man. I was just, I guess, I and I'm like, that's really not what we're, you know, where we're going. Um, but so you don't want to kind of hype up how amazingly, wonderfully terrible you were. Um, but just realistically, okay, what are some things that were going on in my life that needed to change? So May turn, share that with uh, the person next to you, real quickly, and then have them share with you. And then we're going to. So, what you're going to do after that is that you're going to take your sheets home, and I'd encourage you to just fill out the rest of that. You know, if you can do that tonight, that would be great. And uh, just, like I said, try to keep it short so that you can do it in like two minutes. And then, what I would encourage you to do is practice it with two people this week. So, Maybe find another believer once you have it all down. Maybe find somebody in your mission group, another believer, and practice doing it with somebody else who's safe, who's not going to just, like, tread you, but who can give you some honest feedback, okay? And then try to find somebody who's not a believer and share that with them. Okay, so practice it with somebody safe. If you need to practice it 25 times, that's okay. If you want to practice it once, that's okay. And then find somebody who doesn't know your story and share your story with them. Now, you, you're going to write it out, but writing it out is really a way for you to refine it. What I would encourage you not to do when you talk with a non-believer is be like, Hello, my name is Jeff. I gave, I was a terrible person before, and now I'm not. Yeah, don't be like that. Don't be like a robot with, like, your sheet of paper in front of your face. Talk to people. Okay, so the point of this is that you're practicing and refining it so that you can give it in a clear, concise way without being, like, weirdly robotic and awkward, okay? So first step of that, let's practice briefly with the person next to you, and then we'll transition, okay? Cool. Hopefully, what you've realized in the last two minutes is that probably uh, just from looking at your faces, I know a lot of you are like, dude, this is terrible. I totally don't want to talk to the person next to me about my story. But was that was that really that awful? Okay. No? All right. For at least two of you, it was not that awful. So thank you to this row who are like all in their face. So what can else can they say? Okay. But maybe you realize just by doing this, it's not as horribly awkward and awful, maybe as your mind wants to make you think. Okay. So just thinking about what we've talked about the last few minutes. Okay, so how do we kind of transition those conversations? Remember, if, you're, if you've got your hands with you, just need one of them. You don't have to have both of them every day. Okay, so you can talk about family, friends. What was the third one? Food. I love talking about food. I don't know about anybody else. Okay, and then what? Faith and future. Okay, and that can kind of help you transition to saying, hey, can I tell you a little bit about my story? about what I know about my future, what God's done in my life and then just briefly share your story. Yours is unique, okay? For some people it's a process, for some of you you grew up in a Christian home, you don't remember a time when you didn't believe in Christ. For some of you it maybe it was a really dramatic moment. Okay? Maybe you were that person throwing yourself off the bridge and praise God that he saved you in that moment, okay? But your story is unique and your story is special and your story is what God wants the people around you to hear, okay? So it's not Rich's job to share his story with all of your friends. That's your job, because they're your friends, and they're your barbers, and they're your contacts, and God has put you in their lives to share your story, not somebody else's story. So your story has value. So I just encourage you tonight, just take a sheet of paper, take that picture you took of somebody else's sheet of paper, because I only made 50 copies, because I thought everybody was going to go in with my wife instead of with me be quite honest, because everybody did this morning. Here's one for you. And um, at South, we did the same thing, and everybody went with her. So, um, And so, but it's your story that's important. So here's your homework. Finish this sheet. Write a few sentences in all of those, okay? And then you're going to do what? You're going to practice it with who first? Okay, somebody trustworthy who's not going to shred you, okay, just like you just did, somebody in your mission group, somebody else. And then find try to find somebody else that doesn't know Christ to share your story with. The more you do it, okay, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna lie and stand here and tell you it's like super easy every time after you've done it a bunch of times. That's not true for a lot of us. For me, it's not, okay? But it gets easier. Okay, so just like you practiced here, it wasn't that bad for these two people, okay. It gets easier the more you do it. And the more you step out in courage, the easier it is to have courage for the next time. Because even if somebody says, get out of my face, then, okay, well, I've had people do that before. No biggie. Didn't break me. Okay? So your story is important. God made you. God made your story so that you can share it with other people. Okay?
0: So we just give a little round of applause.